This is AutoLine Daily reporting on the global automotive industry. Automakers are racing to ramp up production of electric cars, but they're already running into problems getting the components they need, and the situation is likely to get worse. Bloomberg reports that Volvo is running into a shortage of inverters, batteries, and chargers. And this is happening before EV production really gets going. Volkswagen is building enough assembly capacity to make nearly one million EVs at two plants in China and one in Germany. It's also teaming up with a Swedish company called Northvolt to make battery cells in Germany, which is an unusual move. Automakers typically don't make battery cells. For example, Daimler is building nine plants to make battery packs, but will buy cells from suppliers. U.S. automakers could face even more severe shortages. President Trump's new round of 25% tariffs on many Chinese goods will also apply to lithium-ion batteries. A few weeks back, Toyota announced its ditching plans to equip vehicles in the U.S. with dedicated short-range communication, or DSRC, connected car technology. Part of the reason was a lack of support from the government to protect the 5.9 gigahertz spectrum for DSRC. Well, it looks like Toyota was right to be concerned. At a conference yesterday, the FCC chairman said the agency will review the 5.9 gigahertz spectrum that's been reserved for automakers to potentially open it up for Wi-Fi use. And this isn't a big surprise. The industry is starting to back away from DSRC in favor of 5G and cellular V2X technology. Also, states, counties, and municipalities would have to build up the DSRC infrastructure while the telcos will pay for 5G and cellular because they can make money off that technology. With the move to aluminum, plastic, and carbon fiber materials in vehicles, the steel industry just can't sit on its hands. So to learn what it's going to do to survive, tune into AutoLine After Hours tomorrow afternoon because our special guest is Jody Hall from the Steel Market Development Institute. That's 3 p.m. Eastern time on our website, autoline.tv. If you haven't noticed, Subaru is growing spectacularly in the American market, with sales going up every year in the last decade. But in its home market of Japan, it doesn't do nearly as well. In the U.S., Subaru sells twice as many cars as Mazda and four times more than Mitsubishi. But in Japan, Mazda is twice as big as Subaru and Mitsubishi is nearly as large. Volvo launched a new app called Volvo Car Accident Advisor to help owners after an accident. Once you contact Volvo Customer Care and confirm you're not hurt and don't need medical help, a link is texted to your smartphone which opens an app to take you through several steps following the accident. It then prompts you to capture facts and photos of the scene, offer you the option to digitally notify your insurer, and to search for collision repair shops, helping to speed claims and hopefully reduce the time your car is in the shop. It's free to use and will automatically be available for model year 2015 and a half and newer Volvos via the in-car SOS communication system. You know, Volkswagen is so enamored with the looks of the new Ardian that it wants to help anyone sound smart when talking about beautiful cars like the Ardian. 
So it put out a list of many common design terms with a short description of each. Now we'll leave it up to you to determine what you think of the Ardian's design. But the list of terms is pretty good, and there's even a few we didn't know or didn't know the term for. Joint line is not a row of doobies, but rather where two body panels meet. And while rarely the star of a vehicle's design, joint lines can add or subtract a lot from the overall impression of the vehicle. Wheel arch gap is basically just that, the space between the wheel and the body. And here's one specific to VW, Flitzer. It's the German term for the side badge on Volkswagens where the front door line meets the fender. And remember, thanks to Volkswagen, you're going to sound a whole lot smarter at the next car show you go to. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires. Your journey, our passion. We get a lot of comments that come through on our shows, and one really struck a chord with me yesterday. On the AutoLine website, XA351GT wrote, Those GT350s with that flat plane crank sound awesome. That is one thing that EVs will never have. They will beat the pants off the GT350 in a drag race. A Tesla S will eat its lunch, but won't sound good doing it. For me, performance is more than outright speed. It's the whole package of looks, performance, and sound. So given the choice, I'll take the GT350 any day and have some money left over for gas. You know what? I kind of feel the same way and have been a bit torn about this. I love EVs and everything they represent and think they will one day dominate the market. But I also love the sound of a great engine. Along with design, it is what got me into cars in the first place. So I wonder if any of the EV enthusiasts out there are still able to appreciate a great sounding engine. Or are you like Doug H. Nuts and JJ on YouTube? Doug says, Mustang is too loud and pollutes, POS. And JJ comments, that Mustang sounds terrible, loud, noisy, ugh. And this is from a huge Mustang fan. Go electric already, Ford. Well, I can't wait to read what you have to say. You know what, we're lucky enough to get to drive a number of vehicles, and I'd like to talk about one of the ponies in our stable this week, the 2019 Lexus NX300H. What jumped out to me right away is the powertrain is lifeless. Acceleration is most certainly not linear. Dip your foot into the throttle, nothing happens. A little more, still nothing. Even more, nothing. And when the engine finally does kick in, it's loud and buzzy, and the acceleration does not match all that noise. Switching it into sport mode does help a bit, but it kills your great fuel economy. And that's what I have to remind myself about this vehicle. It's not a sports car, it's a hybrid, and people buy it for fuel economy. The NX300H is rated at 33 miles to the gallon in the city, 30 on the highway, and we averaged just over 32 and a half. Now let's move over to the interior. I love the seats. Very soft leather and very comfortable. But headroom is going to be an issue for taller drivers. Trunk space is good too. But I hate that touchpad. The screen is nice and big, but the touchpad stinks. The highlighted cursor will jump all over the screen, and I find myself always having to pull my eyes off the road. The day can't come soon enough 
for Lexus to drop the system. But overall, it is a good vehicle, and our tester was priced at a little over $49,000. But that's it for today. Thanks for watching, and please join us again tomorrow.